Welcome to Divine Throughline. I'm Ma Ananda Srimati, sometimes known as Julie Pyatt, and I'm here to share with you perspectives and musings on what it really means to live a life divine. Thanks so much for joining me. On this week's episode, I'm so happy to welcome my producer and dear friend, Brad Swanson, to share an original song uh, called Red and Wild that he wrote and composed with Mark Schultes. I hope you enjoy the episode. There's a shade tree on the distant riverbank Where she comes to watch the sunlight on the water And every day I wait for her here on the other side Wishing I could tell her how I want her The river runs red and the river runs wild The weight of the water cuts a cold, deep line I could take my chances or I could take my time The river runs red and wild I could stand to wave my arms and sing with all my voice But the wind will send my melody away And every message in a bottle that I try to ship across We'll end up in the ocean in the belly of a whale The river runs red and the river runs wild The weight of the water cuts a cold, deep line I could take my chances or take it as a sign The river runs red and wild The river runs red and the only way to reach her is to risk it all and hope that it's enough but There's no way she can mistake such a brave and foolish act of love Walk down to the water's edge and die The river runs red and She sits beneath the shade tree I'll be by her side The river runs red and wild The river runs red and wild The river runs red and wild And we roll Here we are, good morning Bradley from Swan Sound Music. 
And the Swan Sound Vortex. Yes, the Swan Sound Vortex. Welcome to Jai House. It's an absolute pleasure to be here with you again, and also connecting with all of the listeners and all of the people that have been supporting the podcast. We greatly, greatly appreciate that, and just feel so honored to be able to share in this medium, this incredible medium of the pod. I'm going to pour some tea, though. You guys hear that? Oh, yeah, I'm clear. This is for you, Bradley, here. Thank you. I've got it. Okay, fantastic. Okay, so it's really, um, it's been a really exciting launch. We're on episode 14, and uh, we did really well together. So thank you, everyone who participated. We had a very successful launch. Um, we have, uh, actually, I'm going to pull it up in a minute. Um, uh, we had just a lot of response and a lot of support, and it's very, very exciting and very inspiring to know that there is a core group of us that um, are enjoying connecting this way. And I will continue to uh, share wisdom and perspective on spiritual musings on what it really means to live a life divine. Because, as you guys already know by now, we are spiritual beings having a human experience and not the other way around. Did you know that, Brad? I do know that. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> that's why you're here and that's why you're perfect to do this with me. Yeah. So I'm just pulling up um, the downloads right now because I wanted to get a current uh, a view of it. I've been recording a relationship course with my love and soulmate, Mr. Rich Roll. So I was kind of out of the out of the loop and I'm, I'm actually a little bit late putting the podcast up this week, guys. Sorry. It's going to go up on Thursday. Uh, but let me just look and see what are the all, all, um, the overall downloads. Um, okay, here we go. You're going to turn me up. Ooh, am I too loud? Okay. So let's look at that. Um, so I've got the stats now, which is the great thing from SoundCloud, because you can see everything. So let's look there. So yeah, oh my gosh, I wasn't looking. It was only uh, 25,000, and we're now over 30,000 listens um, on the first 12 episodes, right? Do I have 12 up or 11? Uh, maybe 11. Yeah, yeah, so that's so cool, you guys. Thank you so much. That's really, really beautiful. And I think I like exaggerated and I said 200 countries because I'm, I always kind of get excited. Um, uh, but you know there's only 198 countries on the planet? Did you know that? I thought there would be much more than that. No, there's not. I, well, I Googled it. According to the web, there's 198. Um, but anyway, we, we're being listened to just far and wide. I mean, I'm looking at this. I see Belgium, India. There's a, a 83 people listening in India. Namaste, beautiful India culture. Um, we have Norway, Spain, Thailand, Denmark, Austria, Japan, Switzerland, Portugal, Singapore, United Arab Emirates, Belgium, Korea, Malaysia, Chile, my family, Hola Familia in Chile, Italy, Estonia, Finland, Brazil, Barbados. Do I say Barbados or Barbados? I don't know for sure, but I think, Bar <laughs> I think Barbados. If you're Brad, you say Barbados. Um, and Brad, if you're, Brad says Barbados. And if you, okay, Costa Rica, Hong Kong, South Africa, Czech Republic, um, Russian Federation. Hi, you guys. Hmm. Ecuador, 
Slovakia, Slovenia, also very dear to my heart. That's Berlea, my son's girlfriend is from. Bulgaria, Argentina, uh, Greece, Guatemala, Indonesia, Colombia, Luxembourg, Taiwan, Israel, Virgin Islands. I mean, seriously, you guys, that's crazy. And of course, UK, Australia, France, Germany, New Zealand, Ireland, Netherlands, Sweden, Mexico, Thailand, Spain. Did I start at Norway? Norway, Poland, Denmark, Austria, there, I think I'm, and of course, the United States. So, wow, that's really something, right? Amazing. Yeah, it demonstrates the power <laughs> of podcasts. Yeah, it's just so cool. So, thank you for the people that have donated thus far. Um, you really, really, really have supported all of us, um, and there's only a few of you. I'm being kind of transparent about this because I think sometimes we imagine that if a show is being downloaded all over the world, and if I made the plea for support, like I did so earnestly a couple times, um, that there would be a lot of um, flow um, moving. And we're treading water, barely. Uh, Brad is still uh, just giving me some space to build the support, to support the podcast. So there's been a handful of people that have donated. And so I want to mention those people by name because it's because of them, they've supported all of you guys. So it's really, really cool. And mostly me, of course, mostly me. So I greatly appreciate it. And you know, this is not Brad's show. This is Srimati's show. So we're doing this together, but Brad needs to be paid for his time because that's the way the world works on planet Earth. So anyway, and I'm so grateful to have him here because without him, I could not do any of this. I have way, way too many children and way too much stuff going on. So I want to say thank you to uh, Jan, to Sarah, to Maria, Wendy, Karen... Rebecca, thank you, darling. Uh, Maria, again. Anne, Zachary, Jessica, Stacy, and superhero person. So that's it. That's who donated. That's who's been supporting. And we greatly appreciate it. And again, remember, no amount is too small. And, you know, just develop a habit of doing it. If you get something out of it, if you get something out of the healing technique or something that I said helped you, just throw a little bit our way. It doesn't have to be a lot. And if we all join together, then uh, we can continue and expand and evolve. So that's really beautiful. So thanks for listening and thanks for letting me say that. And um, I do have some questions too that I wanted to get to, but I'm going to take a drink of this Puer Aged Living Tea. This is from my friend Colin Hudon's company. And this is organic hand-picked Puer Tea. It's a tea that you drink ceremonially um, that is actually regulating for your entire system. Um, and it, they believe and they say that it actually carries the messages of the trees in the veins of the leaves in your tea. How beautiful is that? Very. It's amazing. So um, check it out if you guys are interested. It's livingtea.net, I believe. And tell them I sent you. So Brad, how about our um, our folk video and our rendition of "If I Had a Hammer"? That was good. <laughs> we got a good response to that, yeah, and I'm looking forward yeah. to doing some more with you. So I, I too. I could just go down that folk yeah. road. I could go down it for a while. I think you're perfect for the folk. Road. <laughs> so I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna cover some more. So if you guys have any. Um, 
any ideas or uh, any favorites that you think would be yeah, good? Yeah, some suggestions yeah. for which tends to do. Yeah, um, send it to us so we can see. So um, I'm just going to read this a little bit as a start. Um, this is from Jacqueline, or Jacqueline, not, not sure. But um, anyway, she sent me a super sweet letter. Uh, she said she's loving the podcast, and she'd love to hear about... Um, how, I don't, I don't, she's asking tons of questions here and some of it I'm not going to do today. Um, oh, <laughs> sorry, let me hear. Well, she wants to hear more about Vedic astrology and a little bit more about where we can find our own readings. So I think that's a good entry level place to start. And Jacqueline, I will save your email and delve into some of these other things. You've just given a lot of, a lot of inspiration of places to go. So I have been getting a lot of emails about Vedic astrology and where you can get a reading. So the, one of the most renowned astrologers, definitely in this country and possibly in the world is a man named Chakrapani. He does have a first name. And of course I don't know it right now, so I'll pull it up. <laughs> but anyway, he, uh, he's an Indian man and he's in his eighties. And if you have, um, a desire to get a chart read and you are um, mature on your path, meaning that you can handle it uh, if he tells you something that is not, that is beyond possibly, um, you know, you're going to make a lot of money in your life or uh, you are very charismatic. <laughs> if you're ready to go beyond that, um, then uh, I highly recommend booking a session with Chakrapani. He's, like I said, he's in his 80s. Who knows how much longer he's going to be around. Um, I had a reading with him in July, this last birthday. I actually waited a while to read with him. And I went um, to just really uh, share some spiritual devotion. And we definitely both share a deep love of the lineage. And we had a blast. And it was quite a profound reading. And he was he was amazing. So right on his game. And I think he does Skype as well as in person if you're not in Los Angeles. So his name is Chakrapani and you can reach him at info at vedicastrology.com. Um, and his full name is Chakrapani Ulal. Uh, so, uh, give it a shot. Um, very, 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 uh, amazing, profound astro astrologer and lovely devoted um soul as well so check that out um have you ever had your vedic chart done uh, no you haven't but no. you've had western done right no never no. had any charts done. really yeah really oh this is going to be fun we got to get you a session <laughs> absolutely got to figure this out so i mean the thing with astrology how it is for me and i think it's important that we all understand that um any kind of astrology is an incomplete science you know, it's kind of like we don't really have the whole picture because certain things have been hidden from us and taken out. So I like to use astrology as, um, as an inspiration and as a general map. Um, I use it about uh, maybe biannually or maybe annually only. Um, in my experience, I feel like consulting astrology on a daily basis is very constrictive. It reduces my ability to flow in the moment. And we are all much more powerful than any chart. A chart is where nine planets were positioned um, and, and two others, Ketu and Rahu are these nodes, where they were positioned at the time of your birth. And it, develop, it, it, it is like a, um, a map of a blueprint for your birth that is 
remarkably accurate. It's really, really something. And it can show things like children in your life or uh, merit, you know, marriage tendencies, or for instance, in my chart, it showed uh, years when I built two homes. Like the person said to me, oh, you built uh, two houses during these years. And I was like, how, how, how would you know that? Mm. You know, um, it also shows, you know, personality, you know, traits and qualities, what you're good at, what you struggle with, um, you know, sort of what is your life about? Um, so it's, it's very, very, very helpful. However, I would add this one caveat and this one word of warning um, you have to understand that you are responsible for your own life and you and you alone. And just because somebody tells you something doesn't mean that that's how it is. So the idea of having the astrology is to know if you have the challenges, then you can make measures to sort of balance them out or overcome them. And I would also offer that any chart can be overcome with devotion. So devotion and love and extreme faith can blast anything out, uh, even past, you know, your death date shows in your chart, you know, you can, you can rewrite that. So again, you know, use it as a, as a guideline and don't let it control you. You know, you use it, but don't let it control you. And, uh, if you're like me, I think you'll find it, um, extremely rewarding and fun. Um, it's definitely better than going to a movie. Um, so it's entertaining and it's interesting to kind of look back and see, and you can look in the rear view mirror and see, and you know, they, they obviously don't almost ever, never tell anybody their death date, except me who pressed and pressed and pressed for it. So it's, you know, not something that you, that, you know, most people need to know. And, um, and anyway, cause I'm not attached to it because I knew if they told me it was tomorrow, I would go do a ceremony and undo it. So you know, that made it easy for me to ask. So, so anyway, but yeah, um, astrology is really, really, really interesting. And, and definitely the Vedic is different than Western. I've had some very, very accurate Western readings and I've had some amazing um, Western experiences. So I don't, you know, it's all beautiful, but I have um, really experienced much more exact readings and specific things that uh that appear in the vedic chart and also your sign will change in mostly in vedic so um and they the the emphasis is on the rising sign in vedic it's not on the sun sign so they're less interested you know in your regular zodiac that you would know um, and also from their calculations usually you're the sign before so for instance my sun sign is cancer um, my rising sign is Scorpio in Western, but in Vedic it's Libra. So it's called a Lagna, is your rising, and I'm Libra. So anyway, all of that is really interesting, and, uh, and check that out. I also have someone else to um, recommend, so you have two people. There is another woman who is based out of Arizona. Her name is Charlotte Benson. She is like the American practical, you know, um, kind of aunt who will just lay it online and tell you exactly what you need to do and what's happening. Um, she's wonderful. She works via uh, Skype or email or telephone. And uh, I'll pull up her email for you guys right now so that you have it. Um, and those are the two that I would recommend. Let me see if I get her. Okay, so she is cb at charlottebenson.com. 
And if you go to charlottebenson.com, um, you'll see that she has quite a, quite a few titles, quite a few um, degrees in Vedic astrology. She's quite, she's quite titled, so she's quite, um, quite capable. So I've, I've had some really, really good experiences with her as well. I do have a question. Ask away, Bradley. So when Mercury is in retrograde, you know, I hear people bring that up pretty yeah. often. Yeah. What do we do? Well, the thing is, is according to my, uh, my colleague and friend, Jennifer Ares, who I'm actually, she's an Ayurvedic practitioner. She's been, she's an expert uh, pulse reader, and she's been working with uh, one of the renowned Vedic, um, I'm sorry, uh, Ayurvedic physicians in the country, Dr. Vasant Lad, for many, many years, for over 10 years. So Jennifer just arrived back from India recently. Um, she was at Amachi's ashram over there and also teaching Ayurveda with Dr. Lad. And she and I are working on an Ayurvedic book together. Um, I healed myself of this um, cyst in my neck um, through the use of Ayurveda. So it's diet, but it's also spiritual practice. And it's a very specific science of the body connected to the planet and the cosmos and the foods and and the processes, breathing and yoga and everything and how that all ties in. So in Ayurveda, you, you restore the body to perfect harmony because the body is a perfect divine uh, instrument and it will heal itself. So the herbs don't heal the body. The herbs balance the body or the, the medicine balances the body. The food balances the body. Um, and then the body heals itself. And recently, Jennifer, we were talking about mercury retrograde and she pointed out that Mercury is in retrograde half the time. So in Ayurveda, you don't really pay attention to it. Mm. So that's kind of what I have to say about it. Otherwise, you're going to drive yourself crazy. So yeah, I mean, maybe don't initiate something during that phase. But, you know, think of how many things are already initiated. I mean, we, we accomplished a ton in Mercury retrograde, right? So again, it's like... Don't let these things like handicap you. Just be aware of them and then make an effort to communicate clear. So for instance, people say when Mercury is in retrograde, it affects communication, right? And they say, don't initiate like a business deal or a relationship when Mercury is in retrograde. So sometimes that's possible and sometimes that's not. But if you're going to do it or it's happening, just understand that uh, there's a need to communicate clear, double check things with people, like, uh, like repeat it back to them. Like, let me just be clear. Let me just confirm. And then also have some, um, have some, uh, looseness around, uh, you, you know, when your appointment doesn't show up, you know, instead of getting upset about it, understand that it's just the energy and don't fault the person for not coming or not being on time and just kind of, you know, you can laugh it off. It's like Mercury retrograde, you know, because I told the phone lady 10 times that I wanted my phone number to be something and it turned out to be the, the other thing, you know, something like that. But yeah, I think Mercury retrograde is not really that important. Cool. So that's how, yeah. that's how I feel about it. Yeah. So Bradley, um, yes. what else? What else is going on? Lots of things are going on right now. <clears throat> Swan Sound, the vortex of Swan Sound is uh, has lots of different projects going on right now that are very exciting and fulfilling. And what are you doing? You're mixing stuff. I'm mixing some stuff, mixing a film. Wow, awesome. mixing uh, a really 
great pop song. I feel really honored to be a part of. That's cool. And um, of course, I'm still producing and mixing certain artists. So yeah. Still doing Divine yeah. Through Line. Divine <laughs> Through Line, of course. Here that's I am. Awesome. That's really good. I'm trying to think. It was it was it was hard for me not to be able to come and record because what we did is we we recorded a ton together and then we banked those episodes. Mm-hmm. So as I was seeing the results and people downloading the show and then people emailing in. I wanted to engage at that point, but that's not how we worked our schedule out because we wanted to make sure that we had enough episodes to, you know, to actually, you know, produce enough to have two a week. So, um, so I had all these things that I was just, I was just teeming with things that I wanted to talk to everybody about. And then today I'm kind of in this open spacey place. (laughs) And I can't seem to grab a, a ton of them. So um, I'm going to go to Jennifer's next question, actually. Um, oh, I'm sorry, Jacqueline. Jacqueline. That's another thing you guys will find. I'm really, really bad with names and really amazing with faces. So um, I have this thing with my friends that they never have to remember my name. They can just say, hey, hey, you That's over the there. Yeah. I'm like, yes. Okay, so um, I'm just going to go. Oh, she says this is a great one. She said, um, what about how you deal with the world when they all think you are a kook? Huh. <laughs> I know that one. Including your own parents, siblings, and often husband. Ha ha. How did you know that? <laughs> Sometimes being different, vegan, and spiritual is lonely. Yeah, no shit. Um, I think this is a... I think, it's, I think it's built into our design. You know, those of us that sort of walk to a different beat, or we sort of always saw things differently, you could call us black sheep, or... Um, just misplaced, you know, you're like all of a sudden I incarnated into this family and you're looking around going, who are these people? Uh, and it, that wasn't really so extreme in my case. Um, but I have heard that from, you know, a lot of people. And um, I think it's inherent, you know, I th- again, I think we incarnate into the soul groups that we do for the purpose of healing. So if I incarnated, you know, like I think over, over a spiritual life, I think all of us that are spiritually inclined, you know, we might meet somebody who's spiritually inclined and we might sort of dream and go, oh, you know, if I could only be with you and we could be together and we could have this spiritual experience, right? Are you raising your hand? <laughs> it's like me too. It's like we could have a mind meld and it would be amazing. And I think, you know, we all sort of want this, you know, sometimes I just you know, it feels like, wow, it'd be so much easier, right? It would just be so easy just to go all the way, just go down that path and never have to come back and recalibrate or explain yourself or defend yourself, you know? And I really just feel like we all incarnated on the planet at this time because it's a very specific time in history. You know, the energy available to us now has never been available in probably the entire history of the planet. So we've lived thousands of lifetimes and, you know, we've all been working on certain issues and for us to be in a body right now on planet earth is quite a blessing and quite, quite a beautiful thing. And so we've come into experiences that are very polarized. You know, we find ourselves in families and relationships with either, you know, your soulmate, your loved ones, your lover, your, your husband, or just other people in the community 
who don't understand you or don't see it your way. And this has been a wounding that I'm, you know, I've been working to clear for many, many, many years. And, and, you know, even as recent as, you know, very, very recently, you know, as, as recent as three years ago, or even two years ago, or even how about like two months ago, you know, uh, I'm, I have a lot of wounding over being viewed as a kook, over being the one who was talking in the back of the room and everybody just wanted me to be quiet. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's too much. Be quiet because we just want to buy our stuff and go on our vacations and go to school and do this level of engagement. And because you're calling it out or you're living it differently, you're making me look at mine and I don't like that about you. And that is really, really lonely and really, really hard to take mm -hmm. sometimes, you know? I look at it like it might be the difference could be explained as easily as when you're, the way you look at yourself in the world is I'm a physical being who has an occasional spiritual experience as opposed to I am a spiritual being mm -hmm. having a physical experience. Mm -hmm. And like your commitment to that could be considered kooky. Yeah, and yet, you because know... Because it becomes the, more and more real right. as you go along on your right. path. It's like, wait, this right. is so much more the truth that I'm a spiritual being. Well, and it's so much more intelligent yeah. because, you know, it's really not kooky. It's actually quite intelligent and quite grounded because and if you look around the world and you watch TV, that's crazy. And it's the truth. And that's a kooky concept or a radical concept to mm -hmm. say that that's the truth, I think. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I think it's getting... I mean, I know it's getting easier in my life now because, you know, we, we finally... And also, I would also add that, you know, I've known since I was a little child, very young, that I was going to be sharing with many, many people. And then to go in my life and have a period where I was dismantled for nine years. So a dismantling, meaning it's like the universal faucet is in the off position, and there is nothing you can do to turn it on. Literally, the universe is like, sit down, and that's it. There is nothing for you right now. And there was this complete internal spiritual evolution going on in my own private Idaho that nobody knew about. But on the exterior, you know, I couldn't pay my bills. You know, I got my cars, my cars repossessed, you know, couldn't even... I was talking with my son Trapper, um, who's on last week's episode... I couldn't even send my kids to school with lunch and very bizarre, you know, and I remember Trapper kissing me. I would make them a Vitamix blend in the morning and then he would kiss me and he would say, mom, thanks for breakfast. Hmm. That's how he left the car every day. So sweet. So loving. That's and, beautiful. you know, many times, but you know, the, the relentless, like year after year after year after year, like, Oh, is this going to change? Is it going to change? It's going to change. And um, the hardest part about that entire experience was the judgment that I had to feel from my immediate family, um, not my family, but my siblings and my parents, and then the community who couldn't make sense of this. And I understand that they couldn't make sense of it, but what was so difficult was that I was processing these inner... Um, you know, pains of the planetary body, because we're all humans, right? We're all riding on this planet. So we, all of that stuff exists inside of us. We're not separate from the planet and we're not separate from each other. So I was feeling this very, very deep death and agony of the planet at that time. 
And that was hard enough. I had to be, a, you know, I was a mother to four kids and a wife, and I had to show up in, in some context, you know, for them and love them and be there. And the financial kept crumbling. And because I had been financially stable and had been the one that provided, you know, everybody got married at my house. Like, I, I love entertaining. Like, I'm, I'm a cancer. Like, I love it. I'm also cancer and Vedic. Both stay the same for me. So I love I love loving people. Like I'm naturally a mother. That's that's what's natural to me. So I took my family on vacations. I had them in my home. I had parties. I had I mean, I was always having people in my home. And then when I could no longer do it, um th- there was extreme judgment, you know? And I remember saying, you know, to my sister once, she was like, "Well, what do you want?" you know, cause they were all just, they were like, just get a job. Like what's wrong with you? You know? And when you're being dismantled, you can't, it wouldn't matter if I had sent out 5,000 res- resumes, no one would have hired me. And if I had forced my way into a position, I would have ended up in a lawsuit. It was just very, very clear. I mean, here I am, I've worked since I was 12 for goodness sakes. I lied and got a job at Burger King when I was 12 and I was flipping cheeseburgers. So here I am, I've done all this amazing stuff. I was a fashion designer, interior designer, you know, artist. I, you know, produced international retreats, like luxury retreats, built two homes, you know, had four kids, you know, I did a lot in my life. And here I was, you know, going through this very specific experience and I had to feel this horrible judgment from the people that I felt should have been just loving me. And they were loving me to, in hindsight, you know, I kind of laughed at myself. I laughed at my ego because during this time I was kicking dirt. I was really, really kicking dirt. Really, really, really felt very, like it was very unfair. And, um, uh, I asked my, my sister said, you know, what, you know, what do you want? And I said, uh, I just want to be loved unconditionally for who I am. And she said, well, I think you're asking too much. Mm. And to me, I was like, I was like, what? <laughs> like, isn't that just a human right, you know, just to be respected, just, you know, in a neutral way. Um, but I also um, laughed at myself because my ego at that time used to say, well, they're going to see because this is going to shift and I am going to rise out of it. And we are going to be serving in this public way. And, you know, I knew this for years and I knew it was the family. It was all of us. And I was like, they're going to see it. And they're going to, you know, I was like sort of like a little revenge, whatever. And then I laughed at my ego because I was like, you fool, when you are standing in that position, you will no, not no longer need the val the validation. You know what I mean? So ego, you will never get your moment. (laughs) no matter how much you stamp your feet. So did you, fo- you follow what I said? Yeah, so, yes. yeah, so I'll never, by the time I was able to hold the vibration of being in a teaching role or being a living example of something, I would no longer need the validation from them. So the ego never got its moment. Mm-hmm. So that, that I think is pretty profound. And let me just say, go and say one step further. In hindsight, I understand why my family had such a hard time. They were afraid. Mm-hmm. And I was, I am, I push boundaries like almost no one else. And all they ever wanted was the best for me. And all they ever wanted was for me to be well. 
And when I wasn't well, it was very scary to them because I'm usually the one who is well, you know, or at least in their eyes, you know. And so I don't blame them at all, uh, but it was very, very difficult. And so this is something that I try to say to people as often as I can, people that come to me for healing and for counsel. I try to say these words. I trust you and I believe in you to find your way. I think that one sentence right there is about the most loving thing we can tell anyone. Because when someone's in a moment and they're struggling and they're having a hard time, they don't need someone to come in and either solve it for them or tell them what they're doing wrong or you should do this or you, you know, it's like what we all need is we, we need to be reinforced that we're enough and that God is working through all of us and we will find a way. And so I hold that vision for my family. I held it for ritual. I, I hold it for all my boys. I hold it for you, Bradley. I hold it for everyone who's dear to me. And I'm beginning to hold it in a much larger arena. Um, and this is my growth and my evolution. So by you, all of you, all the audience and all the listeners, by all of you guys joining me in this expression, you're teaching me and you're helping me to evolve into my highest divine expression. And that is extremely beautiful and very, very honored and acknowledged. So thank you for that. So again, you know, um, I had also a really beautiful thing given to me around this same issue from a beautiful master that I meditate with now who's very, very dear to me. His name is uh, His Holiness Vidya Dishananda, and he is uh, a beautiful, beautiful monk from uh, a monastic, small Giri order of Vedic monks, and that means mountain. And he has uh, meditated in the high Himalayas from the time he was a boy. And he is teaching meditation and spiritual wisdom from the experience of being merged in the cosmos, uh, which is just magnificent. So uh, he is a cosmic professor, literally the ultimate, and quite uh, an expanded master in, in many, many realms. I've seen him in, in different forms in different places. And I had this one kind of issue come up over uh, some dispute in this community and um, he said to me this very sweet thing about me. He said, Srimati, the only thing that's really happening is that some people find you a little overly creative. And I was just so delighted when he said that. It was such a freeing, you know, he was smiling and laughing because he was saying, you, the way that I am made and the way that I was created, I have access to great amounts of creativity. And now that I'm in this stage of my life and I have this devotion of this mother frequency, I get it all the time. Like I'm just expressing everywhere in every which way. And so sometimes people find me a little overly creative. I find you a little overly creative too. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> so yeah, so I guess there's a way we can, we can reframe it. And so I would encourage everybody out there, all of you healers and all of you people who are breaking paradigms and creating a new world and participating in this beautiful opportunity that we all have together 
to give yourself the opportunity and redefine that word a kook. So let's, let's change that up. And why don't we all just know that some people find us a little bit overly creative. <laughs> so uh, that would be beautiful. So anyway, so I... Uh, get some t-shirts out. Yeah, exactly. That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. I would love to do that. So, so I don't know. Um, so you guys keep sending um, questions in. Let me know how I can be of service. Uh, I really am doing this as a service. Uh, and um, it's uh, deeply meaningful to me. I think it's very important. And if I can help anybody else, even one other person, to have a little bit of a gentler journey and maybe a little softer landing uh, in a couple places, it's extremely meaningful and worthy to me. So I will keep uh, sharing and speaking as long as you guys are uh, enjoying it. And again, please do uh, donate and support the podcast. Um, At this point, I'm not looking for any sponsorship. It would be really beautiful if we just kind of kept it in the tribe, right? And that way it's clean and it's, uh, it's, uh, we can do whatever we want because our parents aren't here. (laughs) So I I always like that. That's good. So anyway, so Bradley and I will come up with some, uh, some music to share. And, uh, I don't know, I think, uh, did we do it? What's the time? What's our running time? About 38 minutes. Yeah, I think it's about good. Not perfect. Yeah. So anyway, so thanks so much. It's really always a pleasure to share space with you, Bradley. Thank you for holding the space for us and for all the amazing production work you do and everything. You're truly, truly a gift. So thank Thank you you very much. much. It's my pleasure. Okay, so until the next time, um, remember that with God, all things are possible. And I did not say some things. I said all things. So... Cultivate that extreme faith. Know you were made in a divine blueprint. Know that we need you to be more of who you are. So if you have one charge or one mission, <clears throat> find, that, find out what that is. Find out exactly what that is. And as uh, Mary Carr says in The Art of Memoir, find the thing that you do exactly unique to you that no one else in the universe does. If you can identify that and cultivate that and then play that for us, that means express yourself that way with complete abandon and a lot of courage, the world will be a much more beautiful place for having you in it. So until next time, many blessings to you and to your beautiful families. Namaste. River runs red and white. The river runs red and